everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Power Within podcast, the podcast that has on inspiring people with inspiring stories. My name is Trevor Evers. I'm your host. And in this episode, we have a very inspiring human being. And he's an old friend of mine. His name is Mark Bierski. He's a healer and he's coming all the way from Spain. He's based in Spain. So I'm going to bring Mark in here. Mark, how are you, my friend? I'm very, very well. I'm really happy to be here and to, to support your podcast, Trevor. It's uh, wonderful seeing you again. It really is. And it's great seeing you. I know it's been a while since we've been in touch and a lot has happened in the world in the meantime. But I know I've, um, I'm continuing to follow you on your social media channels and you're still doing some, you're doing some amazing work, may I say. Uh, yeah, I, every day is just another day to me. So I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know what I did yesterday or what I ate yesterday, but something just keeps us going. As you probably know, we get up and we just keep going. There's something inside us that fascinates me why we keep doing it, <laughs> but we do. <laughs> we do, we do. But would you like to tell us a little bit about your story and about your journey? Because I remember like when I heard it first from you that it is very inspirational. Would you like to give us a little bit of a, a background into how you, uh, you you got to be where you are right now in this moment? At what point would you like me to talk about? What point in my life would you would you want me to start at? Because there's so many. Um, what would be your first... Um, I suppose, inspiration for getting into all of the healing work. Well, I think it's it's strange that everything that's happened to me as a child uh, has made me realize that got me into where I am from um, being a little uh, boy in the bed shaking, uh, knowing or having a feeling that there was something at the bottom of my bed every night and I would just shake and count to three and counting to three on number three, I would run into my mum and dad's bedroom and uh, just fall asleep next to my mum, petrified. So you, you can see that was the beginning of, of, a, of a healer's journey. And then to work with spirit and to work with trap spirit, which ex- was exactly that at the side uh, or under or, uh, or, in, or in the wardrobe or, or at the foot of my bed. So I, I ended up, you know, skipping forward all these years and becoming a full-time healer for two decades, going into people's homes, speaking to children who had the same um, feelings and, and same fears of this spirit and and putting their mind at ease, giving them a healing session, and then realizing that hey, maybe this this entity, maybe this spirit trapped needs help and needs to to go home. And then I started focusing on that, trying to understand that, trying to speak to that spirit, trying to uh, understand how I can clear that spirit out of out of their house so the child could have a, a good night's sleep. And um, yeah, so every everything from from being a child up to going to school and rebelling against the teachers who would constantly tell me to to just, you know, write and, and read, which I couldn't do either of. So, you know, all of these things made me open my eyes to see what was really happening in the world to, you know, gradually um, going forward and 
synchronicities of, of life, of, of everything that I've been through up to the moment that I said, you know what, this isn't really the life that I want to lead anymore. I was a successful auctioneer, business owner. I had quite a few businesses and decided to sell everything on uh, eBay, put the house on the market, sold everything and without real reason or understanding, just followed this urge to leave um, the UK and in a transit van with uh, two beds, um, two schnauzers, my wife then, who I'm no longer with, Susie, and my little daughter, a six years old, China. And everybody thought we were crazy. But, you know, when the pull happens, it happens. So we were pulled to this mountaintop. And that's when my real um, understanding of of the of the world of healing and uh, the spiritual aspect of of everything kind of made sense because when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. So multiple teachers just came into my life, mm. and funnily enough, the one of the first mentors was actually known as the Psychic Queen of Ireland. And she was um, she was on uh, Michael Aspel, um, The Strange But True, and she actually helped a, a baby um, leave the house, uh, which w- was in the spirit world. And she started telling me things that um, I didn't realize. So she was saying, oh, this is why this is happening to you. This is why that's happening to you. So she was she was informing me every time something strange would happen and she became my mentor for uh, a good few years and yeah it just all happened from that moment on and I just wanted to help people generally just wanted to make people feel better and um, yes I always have done and the way I did it prior was to laugh and joke to jump up on tables and and dance and 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 because I used to be a professional dancer, and I went then right. I went on blind date for a laugh. I just wanted people <laughs> to be happy. So I did some crazy things yeah, when I was yeah. when I was younger, but that was because I was trying to find myself. And I think that a lot of the times we do do crazy things, and that that them crazy things are just kind of like a cry out to find out who am I, why am I here, what am I doing. So we we try and do things to figure out where we're going and and what it's all about. And you don't really know until it, it 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 kind of until you kind of are pulled in a direction which I believe is I call the leap of faith. And many people talk themselves out of it, but it it often keeps coming and keeps niggling at you to to do something to make that change. Because if you continue doing what you do at school, which is you know the abuse of getting up in the morning when you're told to force feeding a child uh, at seven o'clock, then then dragging them to, to school and then making them sit there for six hours. Uh, and and that, that that's the beginning of the trauma of not being able to find your true path because you've been programmed not to. It's a bit like uh, mosquitoes in, in a jar. If you shut that jar for a few days and open it, they'll never come out of that jar because they've been programmed to stay where they are. And I think that that psychology, I, I think the geniuses of the world who manipulate the world know this. And that's why schooling system is exactly the invisible prison that keeps us from not finding our true purpose and path. It's funny <laughs> because one of uh, the, I, I now have, and I've had for a while, uh, many, many years, um, an academy, and it's called the Pure Energy Healing Academy. It's just online now, but 
uh, it was here and it was an, another place. And I travel the world teaching pure energy healing. It's a form of, it's a technique mm-hmm. of how to heal trauma and how to heal yourself from many different illnesses and stuff. So it's it's a lovely, it's a lovely healing technique. Anyway, at the end of um, the four days, which is a four day intense course, uh, everybody gets a certificate and uh, they're always surprised when I say, by the way, when you're able to throw that certificate in the bin is the day that you will know who you truly are. And they look at me and like, hang on a minute, I paid for this certificate. And I'm like, you didn't pay for the certificate. You paid for the knowledge and the certificate is a piece of paper. And if you just look at that certificate as who you are, then you will limit yourself to that certificate. But if you throw that certificate away, then you are more open to receiving more information, learning newer techniques, growing and and expanding in all awareness. And I realized that when I threw my certificates away, uh, from my uh, mentor who who said, okay, now you've got the certificates. It's like, no, throw them <laughs> away. They're, they're meaningless. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, something I want to ask you as well, you know, when you made that change and you decided to get in, the, get in your van and, 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 and travel and, and make that big change in your life, was it a, a case at the time? Did, did you have those thoughts of what will people think of this? You know, that's that can be your biggest fear in life of what people think. No, no, definitely not, Trevor. I, I mean, as a kid, you know, you're traumatized by other children, um, by the bullying and by the mocking and ridiculing. To a degree, kind of, uh, you're either you're either strong or you're weak in that sense. So you're either in the blame uh, and him, her, or you say, okay, what am I going to do about it? And is this going to affect me? So I think I, I learned at a young age to stand up against the, the the teachers, to stand up against the priests and, and be confident when I was sent down for my, you know, daily whack by Mr. Murray at the, uh, who was the uh, second head of the school here again, Bajerske. Yes, sir. And proud of it. Proud of standing my ground and proud of, of not being, uh, of being whacked, but for the right reasons. So it didn't feel like a whack. It felt like, I don't know. It felt like a, a badge of honor when, you know, I, I, I said, it's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And I'm not going to do that. And, it, you know, imagine growing up being beat all the time, having a father who used to beat me every day because he hated his job. So he took it out on his family. You get, you get to become kind of, you know, strong. So it didn't affect me. And when I got into the, like, I had a, a leaving party. This is how uh, excited I was. And my best friend, Vince, said, I would never have done this. And I said, why not? He says, aren't you going to be embarrassed when you end up coming back? And I said, if I come back, Vince, I swear to God, I'll have a a welcome home party. (laughs) I have no fear of that because I wouldn't be who I am now if I had fear of what anybody thinks about me. You know, I just you just go through that that ridicule as as you do. I mean, we've had it for centuries, you know, the Egyptians, the the Romans, the all of the things that they did and ridiculed you and stoned people for. And, you know, it's just part of life. I think it just, it is what it is. So you're either a victim or you're somebody who just gets on with it. Yeah. I ain't no victim, Trevor. Yeah. No. Sure. No victim. Sure. 
And absolutely, I know that from from knowing you. You're a very inspiring you know, man, person, and um, you know, just just talking about the, uh, the the school as well. Just on that, what what came to my mind is that in this day days we're living in, I think uh, our children as well can be too wrapped in cotton wool. Um, you know, back when we were uh, in school and, and growing up. There wasn't as much kind of like, you know, you, you know, you, I remember you're out playing from the start of the day till the end. And my parents didn't, hadn't a clue where it was, you know, playing football and, you know, climbing trees and doing God knows what. But now it seems to be, you know, you have to have your children under constant 24 seven surveillance and, you know, wrap them in cotton wool so that when, when they do go out in, into the world, then you know the the first challenge that comes their way, they, they can fall apart because they haven't that kind of built-in kind of resilience, if mm. you like, developed within themselves. For sure. Um, and, you know, I, I think that can be uh, an issue as well, um, because it can be a case where, like, you know, when when we bring up our children, you know, we're, we're teaching them that the world is fair. Which, which isn't true, as we know, and you know, and then they, they, they can get a rude awakening later on, can't they? Yeah, for sure. Everything's by design, though. What when you come to understand the world and how it works, it's all by design. It was planned two, three, four hundred years ago. So the idea of now Black Lives Matter, walk, all of that, it was all planned. It's all planned because it's the idea of changing mm. um, the the thought process of children, which is exactly what they want to do. So this, this, you know, the fact that, you know, now you're a bad, you're a bad parent if you let your children loose, you know, whereas back then it was okay because it wasn't part of the agenda and plan. Each decade, there's a new agenda that happens that is always implemented in schools. And that's why teachers just follow what they're told to do. And that agenda, you know, molds into another agenda and um, that 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 so you can see now we're in this fluffy kind of children are all over the place they don't know who they are what they are anymore this was all by design trevor and we had no choice because we would be called um uh the worst mother or worst father in the world for even leaving your child in a car if you decide to run across the road because it's raining so heavy and your child's got flu and you go into i don't know a pharmacy to get something and come back out and then a policeman's waiting outside and say what do you think you're doing well i left my i decided to leave my child in the car because it's raining like crazy and i was watching all the time uh oh no that 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 you can't do and then you end up being um the worst mother in the in in america which actually happened Happened. And this is all by design, all by design. It wasn't a mother uh, there with a uh, with a child doing that. It was because it was implemented for yeah. that society to change and mold us and to tell everybody to live in fear because, you know, there's there's uh, there's a boogeyman and there's all these bad people, you know, and you can't do that. It's all by design. It's all um, made that way. And when you realize the design is all one with with um, this, the, it, to me, it's a very dark energy that tries to control the world in all its ways and 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 means. 
when you see that and you step out of the box, then it's easy to see what's going on every day. Nothing shocks me anymore. But what we can do is if we do know it and we do see it and we do know the games that are being played every day on us constantly, the brainwashing, the mind numbing, everything. And when you see it and you step out of it and then you can do something about it. Yeah, you can share that your truth, but you need to find ways of healing it fixing it, making a difference. And you can only do that with the start of you, your family and your friends. That's the only thing you can do. You know, you want to scream and want everybody to hear that, but not everybody's ready for it. So I don't believe in force feeding spirituality or healing. I believe that the right people will wake at the right moment and then they will grasp that and you become the lighthouse for the world, shine your light. And eventually when somebody's drowning, they'll see that light that they never saw before because they were too busy eating, drinking, sleeping and working. But now they're drowning. They see that lighthouse and now they take notice. And that's, that's kind of like my, my truth, my foundation. Yeah. And of course we live in a, a world now of social media where it's so easy to kind of have a rant and, and, and a rave about things, isn't it? But it's deliberate. And, that's exactly yeah. what they want you to. Yeah, because then, as soon as you start ranting and raving, you be you start turning yourself into a negative energy because you believe or you feel that you have to uh, scream and shout. You don't really. If you listen to some of the you know um, true uh, speakers of the world, um, uh, Vandana Shiva. If you listen to her, she never screams and shouts. She just speaks truth, and that truth is so loud, so powerful. <laughs> that we have to take from certain people that you don't have to scream and shout if you've got the truth. And and the, those who scream and shout, well, you're screaming and shouting because obviously you don't believe it or it's a lie and you need to scream it louder than the truth. So we need to you know sit back a little bit and ask ourselves, why are we screaming at other people you know, to do something? And again, this is the other thing as well. Inside your heart, you want people to know something that you believe in the truth. But is it the truth? It's just your truth. So sometimes, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah it's it's a complicated uh, life that we all uh, lead. All of us are in a complicated, wonderful, but complicated life. Yeah. So every time we say this is the truth, yeah, whatever. You have to be open to being wrong as well. <laughs> you know there's yeah. enough know-it-alls out there that, that, that think they know everything isn't it yeah um, or, no or, is... they know a little bit they know a little bit this is the most dangerous people in the world who take sound bites and pretend that they know everything and they've never looked at have done any research just watched a little part of a video and and it resonated with them and then they they start and that that's kind of very dangerous so that's another thing that's why the world's a little bit upside down yeah and this is my experience and my experience and I've had one or two rants over the years. But, you know, for me, you know, no one has ever turned around in social media and go, you know what, you're right. And it's not something that has ever happened on social media. And no. I think people just are banging their heads off a wall in many ways. Yeah. Um, doing that, uh, you know, I used to be one myself. But, um, you know, I, I found that. Ultimately, like if if that that feeling that that state of um, emotional um, flux of anger, frustration, you know, mm -hmm. can lead to you know a low vibrational state, and yeah. and take away your and certainly did for me, 
my joy from from living so you end up seeing all it's all of the time what's wrong with the world and isn't that amazing though they're like when you just said what you just said that hopefully should be a penny drop for a lot of people because that in itself tells you that it's a trap it's a trap indeed indeed been there i've done that word in a t-shirt and it took me a lot <clears throat> a long time to kind of realize to step out of that kind of victimhood really um and be responsible as well for my own health happiness and, and living a joyful life and i was responsible for that no one else only me and of course we're it's like you say in the school but we're, we're conditioned in life aren't we to 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 not do that that it's selfish to to look after yourself to put yourself first it's a selfish thing to do you need to be you know looking after other people and you know you, you get to yourself last and it's you know? so true trevor because what, what what you've just said there is that the ones and it just it's really simple the ones who are the, the ones who are jealous at those uh, uh because it's ultimately jealousy uh, and anger those that are pointing the finger at somebody who they say are selfish and shouldn't be doing that they should be doing things for other people and all that. they are actually creating that very negative energy and that that judgment and that opinionated energy which is so low and so callous and dark that that when you step back and look at both of them, you know what? I think I'll have some of that. I think I'll have some of that, what she's got. And the other one, uh, just so you know, you're not a very nice person. So what you're trying to say about that person is actually the opposite of what you're saying, because look at who you are and what you're doing. Whereas that person's just getting on with their life and doing their best and try and, and are happy and look at how miserable and angry you are. So really, What's happening here is we're taking the idea of a positive um, affirmation and a way of life and actually using it as a, a, a way to vent our frustration. And this is why you get a lot of the truth, the movement that are not truthful at all. They just yeah. use it. Yeah. And very judgmental and preachy exactly. and all of that toxic stuff. All of the above, you know, all of and, the above, yeah. Yeah, and also as well, I found something that to me isn't productive. I mean, this whole <clears throat> mindset of us and them and, you know, yeah. when people kind of think that they wake up um, to the world around them and, you know, they realise that maybe they're going to question the mainstream media and stuff like that and that everyone that's questioning the mainstream media along with you, you know, is is your friend. But the reality and the, the truth about it is that just because you, you know these things, as you said already, it doesn't make you a nice person. And they're, you know, the nicest people in the world I know wouldn't be have the same awareness as maybe yourself um, yeah. or me, but at the same time, they have great hearts. And I think it's it's um, an unproductive kind of mindset to, to get into kind of this us and them mentality. You know, you're awake or you're asleep. You know, I don't believe that that's, that's a very respectful thing for a lot of everyone's on their own journey. Yeah. And everyone has at their own level of awareness. 
Yeah. And you might have, you might think that you, you have all the answers, but you could still be an asshole. You could be. Right. And, you know, you could, like, I know people, I know family members who, you know, are still maybe plugged into the, the mainstream news and stuff like that and read the, the mainstream papers. But yet, you know, if you're stopped at the side of the road with a flat mm-hmm. tire, they'd be the first person to stop and help you. Exactly. So, so, so ultimately, the consciousness is really um, what we need to focus on and how to bring that out. And the fact that that the system is there to constantly cause the disruption of two people or a family and try to separate them in all ways, shape and form by thoughts, opinions and actions. It's like to me that, that they know the power of our our goodness and of our consciousness that if somebody falls most of us will run over and help and that's what they're trying to hijack every day trevor and i find that fascinating because ultimately the 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 idea of light will always conquer dark is that particular um aspect of it that if somebody falls and hurts themselves there is something that they cannot control. Darkness cannot stop because the light was is always inside us. And, and they always say at the worst case scenarios, at the worst situations, this consciousness becomes the overwhelming light that, that heals and fixes the world. So I truly believe that. Well said, very well said. So Mark, it's something that I want to get into you with uh, as well. I know that you're, um, a big um, crystal, you, know, you love your crystals and, you know, the, the power of the crystals. Yes. Would you like to, uh, it's something, to be honest, I hold my hand up and say it's not something that I know a huge amount about. Would mm-hmm. you like to to tell us a little bit about how they work and... Sure, sure. How how crystal- yeah, crystals are, um, are fascinating. I remember when I was... Uh, younger and uh, I used to look at a crystal at the side of my um, my dad's fireplace and it was a pyrite which wasn't really a crystal it was mother nature's way of um, basically venting which is um, venting from uh, mother earth so the volcano creates uh, the lava the lava runs down and hits the sea and creates pyrite which is this unusual metal um uh, kind of it's gold so that the other name for pyrite is fool's gold and it's kind of like a it's just beautiful to look at but whenever I felt down whenever I felt bad whenever my dad had beat me or whatever I had a bad day at school I'd go into the room that you're not allowed to go in and I'd quietly open the door uh, shut the door and it was only for guests this room in the Victorian house that we lived in and I used to sit down and just touch this pyrite big pyrite crystal and um funnily enough as i got older there were signs that that were trying to pull me in the direction of crystals and my son was one of those um uh, signs one of those pulls and he took me he asked me uh, because he was into crystals and i'm like i I, at that time i was an auctioneer and antique dealer so crystals weren't really something i was interested in but my son wanted to and he was only very young so i took him to burr house in huddersfield and um, as as we were in Burr House, there was like literally thousands of of, um, of gemstones, crystals, um, 
everywhere. And it's like, wow, th- th- this is kind of like amazing, but not for me. And my son was in awe and he was touching different crystals and minerals. And and then the owner uh, said, said um, he came up to me and said, your son's very interested in crystals. And I said, yeah, he is. Uh, and, he, and he started talking to my son and my son started talking back about crystals. And then this guy said, do you both want to come downstairs? I like, uh, okay. So we went downstairs and we went into this, this private room and he switched the switch lights on and all these display cabinets in this room. It was, it just looked so beautiful. And there was all these crystals, but what we noticed most of all was a full collection of blue John and that's from um, England. So it's kind of like a, a fluoride crystal, um, beautiful and uh blue john and he was trying to tell us about it and my son was like in awe of this blue john and then um this the owner uh the old man said to my son this is my second collection uh sorry this is my first collection the second collection went to sotheby's and sold for seven million this is worth more than seven million and i'm like <laughs> seven million for plates and goblets it's like seriously <laughs> and then and then uh, this man gave my son a piece of blue john um and we left so some years later um when i sold up everything and came here uh, i started getting into this um healing understanding what healing was and didn't really understand it too much but started getting into it because of a school teacher she told me that I'd healed her. And I said, no, I'm not a healer. And she said, yeah, you've just healed me. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not a healer. And she said, look, what could be more beautiful than healing somebody and not knowing that you've healed them? Like that, just them words just blew me away. So I went to um, my mentor and uh, said to her, what is this stuff about healing? Because she was teaching me about tarot cards and understanding um uh, the psychic world and the spirit world and teaching me. So she says, well, I can show you a, a few things about healing. So she kind of showed me some stuff on my, on my wife, how to heal. Didn't really resonate with me, but mm. um, I, I started like um, learning from other sh- shamans and, and other healers and um, lots of different aspects of healing, pranic healing. And then eventually being me, I, I wanted to like do it myself. So I started incorporating um a healing modality that worked for me and that felt right for me and i remember very very early on this lady gave me a a crystal after uh the healing session and put it in in my pocket and just left it there and um more and more people were saying oh I, i heard you gave a healing session to tracy and um, would it be possible if I have a healing session? I'm just sure. And then I gave that person a healing session. Then two more people are drink or four people are drink. And what what I was doing was I, 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 this crystal was in my pocket. I knew nothing about real crystals or anything, but I kept taking it out and putting it on top of um, like, you know, uh, 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 John had come for a healing session. I'd lay it on top of his head. Or a young young girl had come, and I'd lay it uh, next to a forehead at the side of a temple, and I kept. And every time the healing session finished, I, I put the crystal back in my pocket, and um, they would say to me, and I always remember this: it, it was always about um, the head, even though I didn't know because I didn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. They'd always say that I, I have huge headaches, or I can't sleep. 
I have nightmares, I have night terrors. And I, there was a pattern of over a couple of three weeks that people were having these problems, right? Or it, um, I, 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 I can't think properly what's wrong. They'd say, uh, I've been bullied. Uh, I've been bullied by my teacher. Uh, I've been bullied by my uh, by by school kids. I've been bullied by my uh, boss. I've been bullied by my husband. So there was like there was a pattern which I didn't see until one day this lady called me and she was a friend and she asked to sit down and just have a chat. So we just had a general chat as we were chatting. Um, I, I had this crystal in my pocket again. I'm just holding it. But for some reason, I put it on top of uh, the table and she had a, a, a little daughter who ran around and picked it up and started playing with it. When, when we'd finished our conversation, uh, we left and the, the little girl took the crystal. It wasn't, she just, oh, yeah, of course she can have it, you know, because it wasn't even a thought. Yeah. Anyway, a few few weeks later, I had a phone call and this lady said, you know, I need to see, you, I need to talk to you. And basically the conversation was, I never told you about my daughter, but my daughter has been having um, terrible issues for quite a while. And um, I'm going to tell you something that might sound unbelievable to you. But she said, my daughter um, suffered with night terrors and she got up every night screaming and she's been bullied at school. She said, the day that we left, the following morning, when she came back from uh, that, that night, she slept through the night. And then the next day she came home smiling and she enjoyed school. So I'm trying to process this because I'm new to healing and I'm like, right. Mm. And, and what, what's that got to do with anything? She said, the only thing that, that I can uh, put my finger on is that the crystal that you gave her has actually healed her. And I'm like, okay, well, did you change your diet in, uh, in these past couple of weeks no did you play music differently did she do anything or go anywhere different no everything what we've done is a normal day every day because my mind is like oh yeah that's bullshit come on um <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing psychic work i'm getting i'm understanding yeah. some of it but th this is might maybe a little bit too much but then she said i'm telling you mark and she wasn't a, a fluffer she wasn't a psychic she's just a, a somebody that i knew so like Okay, I put the phone down or did we meet? I can't remember. But anyway, I was sat thinking about it. And then all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like everybody that came to me and I took that crystal out had problems with everything that child had problems with. So the healing process of all of those clients through those weeks, that crystal was on top of them. Could it be? that the energy that was created to help heal those people was now in the crystal as a memory that now is passed deliberately by a greater understanding of the world, which is the spirit world. And now it's deliberately put into the hands because it's fully, as people would call charged, I say it's a memory of healing for people with um, trouble with sleeping, nightmares, bullying, that energy is in there, that child gets it, receives that energy, and she, she sleeps well that night and thereafter, never had any issues with sleep thereafter. Is, there, is it coincidence 
or is there a possibility that this is real? That was how it started, Trevor. Crystals. That's how it started. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you, you've incorporated, of course, into the work that you do and in your healing work. And I know you had so many people. And would you like to, to tell us, uh, have you any stories that, that come to mind in different ways that you've helped people over the years that might inspire others to to take the same path? I, I think if I'm going to start talking about other people, I think it's probably best if I if I talk about myself. Yeah. So sure. um, because it's the only experience that I can truly say really worked. Other people would have to speak for themselves. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so, but but for me, what happened to me is that throughout my uh, childhood up until the point where I left, I'd uh, accumulated so much trauma, even though I was strong, that trauma is still within. So that trauma changed from trauma to a physical illness, which always happens. That's why you, you it's good to try and clear your past and heal yourself as best you can of, of, of your past uh, pain and suffering. If not, it can sit there and start to manifest and kind of eat away at you and thus create an energy around that very place where the trauma is and that you can get illness, dis- disease in there. So cancer right. can come and so on. So for me, it was my stomach. The trauma of my dad, watching my dad be abused to my mum, uh, being beat by, you know, uh, teachers and and fighting for what's right. And all the attack sat in my stomach. So eventually, when I got to 12 years old or a bit less, it might have been eight, eight to 12 years old, I started getting these horrendous stomach aches. So it eventually, uh, as they like to say, call it, name it, so then they can try and fix it by a, a drug. So that was called IBS. So I got severe IBS. So just giving you an idea of what IBS was to me, IBS to me was if I got a full-blown attack, I'd be rushed to the hospital and they'd be injecting me up my uh, in my backside and I'd be out for like uh, 12 hours. Wow. So that's how bad it was. So... um I couldn't eat coleslaw. I couldn't eat um, red meat, certain things that would trigger eggs and so on. So there were certain things that would trigger this to a full-blown attack. So I was on medication. I, I, I was in the hospital all the time, burying meals, enemas. Uh, God knows how many drugs they threw at me, but nothing ever worked. Nothing. So this is what I had to cope with been in the world of normal eating, drinking, sleeping and working. Okay. So when I left all that behind and came here, why is it that after um, a year, my IBS disappeared fully gone? Okay. So one year, two years, it's gone. So no more suffering of stomach aches at all. Why is that? What, what happened? What changed my diet? Nope. Um, was well the lifestyle not really no still doing what I'm doing you know still a bit stressed still trying to make ends meet still paying uh, rent so no not really what's changed um this awareness the awareness of energy and being 
giving healing to people, giving healing to people, it has to run through you to be able to give to somebody else. It runs through the hands. It goes through the body. So every time I was giving somebody a healing session, guess what? Mr. Bayeski was receiving, receiving the same healing inside his body. So every day, all the time, I'm giving healing sessions. I'm getting stronger and stronger. So um, the, I, I, had a, a, I used to be an auctioneer, and I used to lift all my own stuff. I used to be lifting pianos, heavy furniture in and out, weekly auctions with over two, three, four hundred lots of big furniture. The doctor once uh, did an x-ray because my back was getting worse and worse. And just before I left, they said, well, look, y- your back is, is actually corroded because of all the injections that we've given you. OK, because they like to give injections. OK, my elbow <laughs> was my elbow was was uh, just, yeah, the cortisone wasn't working anymore and it's all corroded. OK, uh, they've taken x-rays. Uh, Trevor, I can lift anything now. I'm stronger than I've ever been. So nobody can tell me that what is said to me by a doctor is gospel. The body heals. The body is powerful. And the body just needs a way to find that balance inside it to repair itself. And I was still eating meat then. Uh, I drink an occasional beer now and again, so I wasn't really drinking a lot of beer, but I was still eating meat. And a lot of people say, well, if you eat meat, you're not going to heal. Well, no, I, w- I was healing with me. So that's yeah. got nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's just everything that changed in me and my healing body. And the way I am now is like, I, I just fine tune all the time and try different methods of what I put inside my mouth and what I don't put inside my mouth. But ultimately what's kept me at this high um, healing energy that I don't go to the doctors ever. I don't need any medication uh, since I started. And the only time I'll go is if I break a bone or if I've cut myself because I need it stitching back up. But the rest of the body and the health is, is basically through healing and through receiving healing. So that's been my story. And, you know, I have thousands of stories. I've done over 10,000 healing sessions, probably many more. I've Mm -hmm. I've taught thousands of people how uh, this method of healing works, but doesn't really matter. Go for any method, uh, any modality of healing, as long as 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 long as you are open and you understand the fact that that there is this universal energy and that it does help heal your clients as well as yourself and just keep doing it. And that's yeah. what happened to me. Just keep going. And, you know, it's, it's and you've beautiful. gone and got it. You've gone and got it. There's, there's something that um, has come to mind. Uh, this is your amazing story there is that, you know, health and, and happiness is something that is not going to come. And, you know, it's, there's no, there's not going to be a knock on the door with some guy with a box. And when you open it up, there's health and happiness in it. You have to take personal responsibility for your own health and well-being, don't you? Yeah. And there's too many people in the society we live in that look for that solution and, you know, through a pill, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry that outsource their, their health and the responsibility for their health to a third party, you know, to, as you said, like as doctors and, and so on, without actually stopping, looking in the mirror and going, hold on, I'm responsible 
for my health and what I put into my body and the way I live my life. And also something that not to neglect is, you know, the thought processes that, that we're, we give ourselves as well. Because to me, as well as that, we are what we focus on, what we tell ourselves, what we think about, what we give our energy to. That's what we become as well. So I think in in the world we live in, like people don't think twice about going to the gym three, four, five times a week mm. to look after their physical health. And that's important. But to miss the, 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 the point that our mental health is so important and connected to our physical health as well. You know, people neglect their mental health and then get into these. I mean, I know as uh, a hypnotist, emotional well-being coach, and the work that I do here, that people come to see me with literally the weight of the world on their shoulders, you know, carrying around this like toxic emotional baggage, looking around all the trauma and all the the stuff that has happened to them. Because like the the mental side of it, you know, if you experience stress, anxiety, worry, it does leave a physical residue within your body. And there is different ways. Obviously, the work that we do, I think, has that in common because there's different ways and just different modalities to allow our the people that we work with to let go of all of that toxic shit, you know, from the past, to let it go. Because I know that I'm sure you're, you're on a similar page to me when it comes to living in the moment and the importance of living in the moment and letting go of the past and all of that toxic stuff from the past. Because ultimately, like, what do we have? All we have is this present moment. I'm here talking to you now. It's a beautiful moment. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm talking to you, Mark Bajerski, the amazing healer. But like, you know, in a, whatever 20 minutes is gone, we'll never get that back again. So it's, <laughs> it's been happy and living and in the moment. And it, that's the key to me to being happy because then those moments add up and become our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people out there that are like stuck in the past. And going back with a fine tooth comb through counselors and, you know, all this kind of stuff and who's to blame and, you know, or he's to blame. He's the reason or she's the reason my life is a misery rather than taking that personal responsibility and letting go of all of that shit from the past, because all it does is is weigh you down. But that's my um, perspective on it. Totally. No, 100%. Yeah, it's very difficult to let go of something when somebody's abused you for so long. But I always find that the bigger picture is what I always look for. And you can only ever see it maybe at the end of the the, the life that you live here in this physical body. And um, yeah. being, uh, being around uh, beautiful souls who uh, are ready to move on and I'm maybe at the hospital or at the house and giving healing. And, you know, I always found something fascinating by um the the realization that you know they may have been really good people or maybe not so good people but the realization of all of what we thought was important was bullshit and meant nothing and then they go oh my god i didn't realize that was very much the, the words that came out of many people just before they were leaving and uh, the yeah. only thing that mattered was um uh well i i can't speak for them but that like i i only can imagine when they when they said that was that they 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 missed 
why they, they missed the real reason why they came here. Bigger and it's, picture. Not, their, and it's yeah. not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's just what we've got and what we, we're, we're dealing with because we're a target of, of constant um, attack, whether it's non-foods, whether it's uh, poisoned water, if you believe that or not, but it's all true. You just need to go online and, and study it and, and see that everything we're attacked on mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, constantly attacked to stop us from connecting to the true consciousness that lies within us. And this is why it's yeah. a cliche, but go within, go inside. If you want your happiness, go inside. There's a reason why they tell you to go inside because you won't get it from a, co a comedy show. That's just a quick uh, fix, just like heroin or, or a smoke or uh, Coca-Cola. It's a quick fix, but it, it doesn't heal. It doesn't fix long-term. You, you need more of it. So then you're addicted to whatever it is, meat or sweets or sugar, whatever it may be. Whereas, when you go inside and find the happiness within, you don't need anything else. It, it's like happiness is an inside it. job. As I yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and most people just say, what? Most people say, well, you know, I'm going to change my life. So I'm going to go on a diet. Like, again, another attack. Diet has been put there to hijack you. It's not about diets. It's not about a quick fix. It's about a way of life. And like I've just said, if you listen to my story, I changed my life and it from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And when people say a diet, or does that mean, yeah, oh, I'm on a diet this week for one week and then next week I'm going to start eating the same crap and drinking the same stuff and listening <laughs> yeah. to the same garbage. Well, what good's that? You're just going to go back <laughs> to the way you are. So, you know, yeah. you have to change, or you tell somebody you want to like, like, okay, let me come to your house. You really want to change your life? Yeah, yes, I do. Okay, let me come to your house, like a friend of mine used to do. And he opened the fridge up and he said, crap, crap, poison, poison, poison. Next minute, they're kicking them out saying, get out of my house. They can't cope with the change. They can't cope with reality that you're poisoning mm. yourself and everything that you're eating and drinking and watching is basically killing you. People yeah. don't want to hear that. They don't want to no. know that. Well, how long is it going to take? <clears throat> and they're used to it because they go to a pharmacy or they go to a doctor and, and they say, oh, it's seven days or it's 24 days. Wow, 24 days. Have you got anything like that's seven days? <laughs> but unfortunately, like, you know, we learned that the hard way. I know I have, that the receiver of a message has to be ready to receive it. And otherwise you're beating your head off a brick wall, we, aren't we, you? Yeah, we and, said that at the very beginning. Yeah, and when it comes to wanting to make a change in your life, you know, you must want to make that change you must be at the threshold to making that change it's like the foundation of a house what would you advise somebody let's say i know i have a few um people in my life that seem to be in this constant mode of worrying about everything and yeah. the stress and anxiety that that comes with that and constantly in that that kind of flight or fight response yeah that we know that leads to chronic stress. But what would you, what would your words of advice be to to someone in that in that zone? Well, it, first of all, I would only give advice if if somebody wants the advice, and that's the main problem. Most people don't want the advice, so they constantly yeah. stay in that um, energy. What I what I used to do though is um, I always kept my mouth shut when I gave healing sessions because I believed that if this work really is real then why do I even need to say anything? If the work really, if healing work really works, 
then it should speak for itself. <clears throat> I, kept, I kept my mouth shut, never said a word. So that was my way of, of trying to understand if this really does work or is it just, you know, just a coincidence that they came and it was their time to heal and it just happened. So when when you're quiet, your client comes and has a healing session and let's say she's been beaten up by her husband. She comes, mm. she cries, she lets lets loose, she feels better, she goes out of the door two weeks, three weeks, a month later, she comes back, she goes through it again, you give her a healing session, she goes and she does this for maybe three months, four months, five months, six months. One day, uh, this was a common thing that I saw, after a healing session, they'd open their eyes and then they'd look at me and say, now I know what I need to do. And then they'd go and then maybe I see them two years later or something and they've left their husband because they found the strength to leave them and found a new life, met a beautiful soul who treat them with love and respect. And they, they would tell me that it took all that time healing to find the courage and the strength to leave him. And the healing sessions help build that up within them. It wasn't like, okay, I've got the power. It's like it gives you the energy to make the decision to do the right thing. Uh, so that was just one aspect of of understanding healing as somebody who just visually and 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 spiritually watched the client go from zero and ready to die ready to kill themselves to okay i will no longer uh, uh, let this happen i am worth more than this my life surely is worth more than this and there is a life beyond what what my brain, limited brain, was telling me. Don't go. What what happens if you leave? What about you're never going to get this is all going to at least you've got a house and a roof. And it's like, no, no. And you break free from the limited thinking to the consciousness that says everything is going to be fine. And it's just a journey and experience. And thank you very much for the beatings. It's made me stronger. Now I know what I want. Now I've changed my life. And that was just one aspect. There's so many aspects of the healing process that healing actually helps. But ultimately, when when you give a healing session, it's just energy. And that energy then is taken <clears throat> and eventually, hopefully, it's used for a way to improve your life and to be more aware of what's going on and to having um, a deeper faith or connection to the consciousness that allows you to say everything's going to be okay and you don't need to put up with this and um, you know you don't need to be upset with your dad anymore and when you've had a healing session it's funny a lot of clients used to open up and then they used to say you know uh, yeah m maybe my my dad was like that because of this reason and like i'm smiling thinking great you're te you're your own mentor now you're you're telling yourself you're, you're your own um uh yeah. Yeah. practitioner you're telling yourself what your dad went through so now you can see why and by seeing why he was like that it means that it wasn't it wasn't me i didn't wasn't personal that. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the time people hold on to this. Well, it must have been me. I must have done something to this person. I, I, I And blame, blame, blame me, me, me. And then eventually a healing session will clear that away to, mm -hmm. for you to see the true reason. And that is that, you know, we we can be emotional punch bags for other people. And like I, I can, I can, I can, I can be uh, somebody who attacks somebody because I'm having a bad day. But that's not your fault. You're just there. You're in the way. You're just one person that I'm going to have a go at because everything's built up in my uh, in that week that I'm frustrated about. And hey, you're the unlucky one today to receive it, right? So yeah, yeah. you know, I, it, it, we're all 
radiators and drains yeah. through the month. <laughs> yeah. And like for, from my point of view as well, like from the work that I do here, like I look at myself in many ways as a facilitator of the change. And, you know, the point that you made is very apt that sometimes they're like the less that you say, the better, because for me, it's the, the client is healing themselves and making the changes within themselves that I'm providing the platform and, uh, you know, the, the environment and the space for them to do that. But ultimately, like as well, when, say, somebody comes in here and changes their life, whether they've quit smoking or whatever the case may be. You know, I always credit them because they're the ones that have come in and made the changes within themselves to to leave successful. And that I've just facilitated and kind of guided them on that kind of healing path, if you know what I mean 100%, as well. 100%. Absolutely. And that there's no ego in you when you do that as well. And you, you understand that it's just a, a process. And we're lucky enough to be there at that moment that they chose you to help them through that moment and that I accept and thank you very much for allowing me to to be part of it but yeah I, I often say to people who used to come here I don't do it anymore but when we were all doing one-to-ones uh learning pure energy healing I used to say to everybody you know at the end of the day they could have they could have gone to 15 20 other different people and then they come to you and it could be that you were just the final part that they needed, but you've got to credit everybody else. It could have been their mother holding them that day. It could have been their dad giving them a cuddle. It could have been a friend just talking to them. And also when they leave here, there's going to be a lot more other people who are going to help them continue their journey of healing. So we are just simply part of a beautiful, a mystical world that each one of us have the synchronicities that help us along the journey. And we're thankful for everybody. And if we realize that everybody is a healer, a natural healer, then we want, might treat people a little bit better. And, you know, but, you know, everybody these days, is, uh, everybody these days, uh, uh, we've been hijacked to believe everybody's a criminal. Everybody's going to hurt us. Everybody is against us. And, you know, it's deliberate. You know, it's deliberate. Yeah. It's being created that way. But as a healer, you certainly um, you you don't have uh, like I have my thoughts and feelings about the way the world is and the, the way uh, darkness works and stuff. But when you become a healer, that all goes out of the window. That isn't even part of the healing process. The healing process is you are nil and void of of uh, anything other than uh, mm. to 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 work in this pureness of non judgment, and all you want is for your client to feel better at the end, and that's the that that's how we should be with everybody. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head, Mark. I'm just aware of the time of one eye in the time, and I've been enthralled uh, listening to your amazing information, and I know you you're inspiring me here today in this podcast and i'm sure you are going to inspire everyone that watches and listens to this podcast and uh, so is there anything any words of wisdom you'd like to share with us before you you say goodbye well it's an interesting um topic of conversation is helping people find their true path and uh, their purpose and I find it's been 20 years of trying to understand that myself. And I've gone full circle, traveled the world, ballet. It's a, I've gone all over Europe to try and understand 
the meaning of life and why we're here and what our purpose is. And I find that I sit down with a smile on my face and realize that all the time I was looking for my purpose in life, I was actually living it and it was in front of me. And everybody that should have been in my life that I was thinking that it should be somebody else I should be with or or I should be meeting, everybody who was in my life right there, they were right in front of me. So my message to all of you is where you are right now is exactly where you're meant to be. And where you're going to be taken is exactly where you're going. You are on your path. You are on your true purpose of life. And that's my message today. Beautiful. Thanks again. Listen, we'll be in touch and keep up the great work. You too. That, you that you're too. doing. You and too. You're doing keep, great. Keep shining work. your light, my friend. Uh, okay. You too, brother. You too. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everybody who's listened to the podcast today. And um, yeah, we'll try and uh, if it touches one person, then we've done our job, Trevor. Exactly. Exactly. Mark, take care. Bye bye. And we see you soon. All right. Take care, brother. Take care. Okay, folks, that time again to say goodbye. This is the Power Within podcast. And until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. And we see you on the next episode of the podcast. Take care, folks.